Could Denver Broncos rookie cornerback Riley Moss be in line to start this season opposite of Patrick Sertan? We take a look at maybe why that could be the case and why that might not be the case. You'll get that on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are Locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome into a brand new episode of Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Shout out to all the everyday listeners out there in Broncos country. Make sure you subscribe or you follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss out on an episode as soon as it's made available. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports, joined alongside, as always, by my co-host, Sarah Bettinger. He's the site expert PredominantlyOrange.com. Could Riley Moss start in 2023 opposite of Patrick Sertan? After the NFL draft, there's a lot of dialogue going on in the YouTube comments. There's a lot of dialogue going on on Twitter if you're on that platform. And I think it's very interesting to kind of look at all these perspectives that many fans in Broncos country have. And so, hey, you know what? Let's talk about it here on today's episode of the show. Well, Cody, we got to start off by talking about what the Broncos invested just to get Riley Moss, right? They traded a 2024 third round pick as well as a 2023 fourth round pick to move up. Remember that 108th spot? They moved all the way up to pick number 83 overall to get Riley Moss. So, I mean, in in relation to the question, I mean, can he start? You look, I guess, at the investment that was made, right? You invested a lot in this guy. And let's just talk quickly, uh, I guess, in, and take up this this next bit of time that we have together by just asking these questions of, okay, if he's going to start, it's it's about the investment. And then, then it's about what? What did he do on the field, right? That's the most important thing, of course. So at Iowa, I, I know, I mean, I'm an Iowa guy, Cody, you know me, and, and I know the listeners, especially the everydayers, they know how much I love the Hawkeyes. But at Iowa, he had 11 interceptions, pair of forced fumbles, both of which happened this past season, actually three total defensive touchdowns, which was awesome to see. But then you kind of you kind of watch Iowa play. They play a, a style of defense that fans would be familiar with. Obviously, you know, we saw a lot of Vic Fangio. He really liked those Iowa guys coming and translating to the NFL. And why is that? Because these guys do a lot of reading and reacting. We saw Riley Moss do plenty of that in his time with the Hawkeyes. He's just an instinctive player. I really liked what I saw from him over the course of his five seasons with the Hawks, Cody. It was it was just consistency and consistently getting better from Riley Moss. That leads me to believe maybe he does have a shot to get into the lineup quickly. Yeah, I definitely think there is a chance, right? And, and you talked about it with Moss, like what you've seen on the field from him, you know, relative to where he went, where he was selected and what Denver gave up in order to get him, right? The opportunity cost. I also think... We could make the same argument here for Damari Mathis as well, right? Because I think, did, did you have the expectation? I mean, what, I might have to go back and look at our old episode that we did going into training camp, but I don't necessarily believe that we had thought that Damari Mathis would start or play much in 2022 last year because Denver was going into training camp. They were going into last season with Patrick Sertan entering his second year with Ronald Darby, and, and those two guys were very dynamic to one another. Then the offseason addition at the nickel was Kwan Williams. So we were like, okay, hey, like Damari Mathis, he's going to develop. He's going to sit back and he's going to learn a little bit. But, I mean, considering where he went and you know in the NFL draft versus, you know, relative to expectation, 
he got thrust into the spotlight relatively quickly and played well against the Texans. I know his first ever start he had to make came against the Los Angeles Chargers, where, you know, it was a nationally televised game Monday night football for pass interference calls. But that, you know, that was that was it. That was the one real thing that stood out in a negative way, I think, in terms of how fans thought about Damari Mathis. But quietly, he was very under the radar in terms of passer rating allowed when targeted by opposing quarterbacks. He was one of the NFL's top rookie guys last season at that position in terms of relative production and not allowing big plays to happen. So, you know, for me, it's looking at these things factoring, okay, you invested this much in Riley Moss. Is that because you don't feel very confident about your depth at cornerback three? Or are you going to have an open competition on the outside between Moss and Damari Mathis, which isn't a bad thing either. With the new coaching staff coming, it's not bad. And then who, you know, whoever wins that job obviously starts, but then you do have a very solidified guy that you know could play as the backup guy to either of those guys. So for me, I I feel like Denver's actually in a good position at cornerback right now, even with the addition of a of a young guy that we don't know much about how he's going to translate into the NFL game. But I mean, it, it is a very, very loaded room right now in terms of questions, I would say, from outside of Sertan, outside of, I, I don't even have questions about Mathis though, but you know, Behind Riley Moss, like, what does the cornerback room look like? Is Tremont Smith going to get involved? I know we'll talk about that a little bit later on here on the show, but what are your thoughts there in terms of the comparison I made here with Damari Mathis? Well, it's interesting to think about because you look back, I think uh, now that I now that we're talking about it, I think we even made a joke leading up to the draft of like, hey, take corners anywhere but the third round, right? Because we're thinking about Isaac Yadam and his oh. rookie season. And then you come back to the 20, I think it was 2020 when they got Michael Ojemudia in the third round as well. So maybe the third round from a little, uh, you know, yeah, exactly from <laughs> Iowa. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe not the best uh, track record there in the third round, but at the same time, like I I'm with you on Damari Mathis because those, those other two guys didn't quite pass the eye test, right? We had, Isaac Yadam and his rookie season, a lot of struggles there, a, a lot of struggles being thrust into that starting lineup. And then I think the same was true of OJ Moody, although there were moments that he had that everyone was remember the Chase Claypool uh, play that yeah. he had where it was like, oh, Chase Claypool definitely pushed off and it was definitely offensive PI that didn't get called. I think over the course of their rookie seasons, Yadam and OJ Moody, who kind of thought like, OK, these are just typical struggles but that was almost a way of justifying them not passing the eye test, right? And of course, you got to give young players the benefit of the doubt in terms of going from year one to year two and say, well, let's see if they can grow. But I've said this many times, the growth isn't always linear. With Damari Mathis, though, the eye test was way different, in my opinion, than it was with Ojemudia or with Isaac Yadam. I feel like Damari Mathis kind of went out there and proved like, this guy belongs and he he showed on a number of occasions he made some big plays even in that Chargers game he came back after the four PIs got the Broncos in position with a big play late in the game to get the ball back so i just i have way more confidence in Mathis than i did those other two guys but i i guess i don't necessarily know like there's a tension here between there's the new coaching staff with Vance Joseph and then there's Christian Parker you one of only two assistants kept on from the previous regime by Sean Payton. So there's a there's a bit of a tension there, isn't there? It's like, well, could Riley Moss start based on investment, based on his college production? Absolutely. Is he going to start based on what Damari Mathis did as a rookie, based on Christian Parker being able to vouch for Damari Mathis? I think that's going to be what's so fun to see this season. And ultimately, 
the war on attrition has proven to us that Cody, what are, what are we going to see this year? We're going to see both guys more, more than likely. So an unfortunate reality of the NFL and the injuries that do take place, but on paper, starting off the season, your depth chart, where are these guys going to land? I think that it's a very interesting debate to have at this point in time. I, I definitely feel a little more confident about the overall depth on the outside because I, I was a little worried about Tremont Smith considering his lack of experience in terms of playing cornerback, in terms of how many snaps he played in Houston. I think those are valid things to consider here. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, the Riley Moss selection. And, and, yeah, we'll see if it pans out. But, I mean, Denver really invested value for them to get, you know, coming into the draft with five only, you know, five picks there, trading up into round number two to get Marvin Mims. Then you still keep one of your third round picks. Then you move up in around three again, like Denver was going for value. And I know that there've been some NFL analysts out there, some media analysts that have given the Broncos, like they've called their best value pickup in terms of their draft class this year. I've seen the designation go to Riley Moss a few times. So we'll see how things pan out. Obviously, rookie minicamp will come up in just about two weeks time and we'll start to see some of these guys a little bit more. I'm not sure if we're going to get media access to that or not, but if we do, it'll be very interesting to see maybe how these guys are picking things up, you know, day one. What does it look like day one versus, you know, maybe the final day of rookie minicamp? A lot to be excited about here in Broncos country, but what does the depth look like at the outside cornerback position when we take things into consideration with Sertan, Mathis, Moss? Who's behind them? Could they make a claim as well? You'll get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Built Bar. And as you know it, the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. If you're looking for a delicious snack, but you don't want all of the sugar, you don't want all the calories, then you need the best tasting protein bar that is built. And you've got to try it, whether it's the regular Built Bar or whether it's the Built Puffs. Built Bar has a flavor that you and your loved ones will love, whether it's peanut butter puff, whether it's peanut butter brownie, whether it's coconut almond, they have you covered with a wide variety of flavors that you are sure to love. And aside from that, they taste exactly like a candy bar. The bars are covered in 100% milk chocolate. They have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and they are low in sugar. If you want a box today, you can go to your local Walmart to get a box of four built bars today, or you can go to Sam's Club. If you want to buy in bulk, you can get 13 bars, or you can go online, built.com. Use promo code LOCKDOWN15. You'll get 15% off your order at built.com. Do the Denver Broncos have an enviable group of young cornerbacks all of a sudden? Cody, I think this is an interesting question as we look at this position group. Talking about, we brag up on, you know, a defensive backs coach Christian Parker all the time, and rightfully so. I think he's done a tremendous job developing these young players, especially we see, you know, him helping get the best out of Pat Sertan, who is the leader of this position group. As we look at the current group of outside corners, of course, we're not necessarily talking about Kwan Williams today. We're not necessarily talking about Isang Bassi, two guys who are pretty, pretty strictly nickel corners. We're talking about the outside cornerback and the depth at that position. I'm kind of fascinated by it, Cody, because going into the draft, I felt like the Broncos needed to add a body. They did, of course. We're talking about Riley Moss today. But what are your thoughts on the overall position group here? As we look at, you know, I guess one through maybe five or six at that position. Outside corner, do you feel like the Broncos have a good, solid, young group of players at that spot? I feel like maybe outside of Tremont Smith, I think they are young. Look, in Pat Sertan, I mean, the way that he plays, I mean, he carries himself like a veteran. It's it's crazy to think that he's actually entering his third year. And look, I'm excited for Broncos fans because I did a sit-down one-on-one interview with him for something we got coming up right before the NFL season begins. And I can't wait to share it with Broncos country. But 
This is just an all-around great human being, very humble, carries himself very professionally. Um, and, and, you know, he does the same exact thing on the football field. And, you know, I think when you look at him on the outside, you're not worried. You have no worries whatsoever about wherever number two's at. That side is fine. And look, you know, he had a couple of moments last year where, you know, a receiver like Devontae Adams or DJ Moore, the Carolina Panthers, where they got the best of him. That's part of it, though. And I think he responded in a big, big way because he ended up playing against guys like DeAndre Hopkins and, you know, getting an interception off of that, limiting what he was able to do there. He's a fantastic player to watch. So on one side of the field, at the outside, not worried at all, right? And then we talked about Damari Mathis. I think that the eye test in terms of what you were referencing absolutely passed. It was off the charts in terms of a guy relative to where he was drafted. And I think that's really for his experience playing in an NFL-style defense already at Pittsburgh. I mean, he's playing a lot of press man-to-man in the NFL. He transitioned to the Broncos defense, having to play a little bit more off-ball man. There's going to be a lot more cover three involved, some cover four this year. It depends on the variations and offensive formations that they run into. But then it's like, okay, hey, what about Riley Moss? How does he factor in there? You have a young guy there, a guy who's going to be a rookie, but also at the same time, with the amount of experience he had at Iowa, he does have a lot of football gears on him, which could be a benefit as well. We've seen the Broncos try to tap into that. They did that last year with Luke Wadenberg. They did that with, you know, this year, Austin Forsythe as well. Another sim- similar situation and Riley Moss, guys who have a lot of experience and, you know, playing at that college level that they did and seeing if it can translate to the pro level. So. There is that, but Sarah, I'm, I'm curious for your thoughts here on the outside cornerback position because there's some other guys as well. Jaquan McMillan, who honestly, when you look at his size, we thought he'd project to be a nickel guy. He played on the outside in, in week 17 and held his own against Mike Williams. You've got Fayon Hicks, and you also have undrafted rookie free agent Art Green, who is going to be at rookie minicamp as well. A lot of youth at the outside cornerback spot in terms of depth right now. A lot of youth, a lot of guys with a a lot to prove, isn't there? I think that's the coolest thing that's going to it's going to be fun to watch over the course of training camp and preseasons, preseason games. Excuse me. I think, Cody, one thing that Sean Payton said, I think we're going to get to bring back this year the the one on ones at training camp. Right. I, I remember thinking it was so weird that there were none of those really with Nathaniel Hackett. I'm excited to see these corners get to, you know, put their stuff to the test against a really talented group of receivers for the Broncos. And what's going to what's going to stand out for these young guys, I think, to everyone, the athleticism, right? We talk about RAS, high RAS scores and this cornerback group. I mean, from Pat Sertan, Damari Mathis, Riley Moss. Now you add Tremont Smith, who was, I believe, like in the four, three, five or four, three, six range in terms of his speed and obviously an explosive playmaker. These guys, the Broncos have an athletic cornerback group. They are athletic. They can. They they are explosive. They are obviously experienced from the collegiate level. I mean, you talk about uh, Damari Mathis playing in the pro style defense at Pitt. Then you look back at Pat Sertan playing in Nick Saban's defense at Alabama for his three year starter there. You talk about Riley Moss starting for five seasons for Phil Parker there at Iowa. And now you transition to the NFL, where obviously Vance Joseph, he's a defensive backs guy. Christian Parker, one of the best assistant defensive coaches in the league, in my opinion. And then the rest of the staff. So it's just everything leads me to believe that the Broncos are in good hands, despite being young at the position group. It's an important position group. You need to have depth. Remember, Vic Fangio famously said there's 96 starting corner spots in the league, essentially with your nickel. And there's not 96 quality guys to fill those spots. 
I think the Broncos do have some quality players, Cody, from at least one through four on this list. And then those wild cards that you mentioned, Jaquan McMillan, uh, obviously Art Green, and then Fayon Hicks. Can those guys factor into the equation? Going to be fun to see because I think there's a chance that the Broncos go into the season with obviously Kwan Williams being their most experienced guy at the position group. But then behind him, a lot of guys like Pat Sertan carrying that, you know, the the biggest mantle there in terms of veteran experience as a third year guy. So going to be fun to see, but very explosive, athletic, instinctive group of players that plays physical. Well, and I even want to throw another question out here, too, about Jaquan McMillan, right? Now, he he got one start, you know, this past season, you know, and it was the last game of the regular season. And I think with how he played, right, the eye test, because we saw him in preseason, we saw him in training camp, and I think it's really, really hard to evaluate when you're not going against guys who are starters, right? You know, I think you can play at a certain level against guys who may be practice squad guys, you know, in the preseason. But as we've heard Sean Payton say, hey, starters are going to play in the preseason. So, you know, depending on how many snaps that, you know, guys like Pat Sertan get, Damari Mathis or whoever it may be, I expect that we're going to see a lot of Riley Moss. I think we could see a lot of Damari Mathis if there truly is an open competition on the outside cornerback opposite of Sertan. You're going to see Jaquan McMillan and these other guys really get involved. And I wanted to throw the question about McMillan as, okay, well, you know, he did have that one game. That right there is, is more than anybody else has had, though, in terms of the position outside of the guys that we have highlighted. Is that something that you feel like gives him an advantage maybe going into camp as well? Well, I think so. I think especially when you have the defensive backs coach vouching for you, right? I mean, how did he get that opportunity late in the season? I think obviously, you know, the coaching staff comes together. They say, who do we want to get some tape on going into the offseason? Who do we want to see a little bit more from? And Jaquan McMillan must have been doing a really great job in practices, must have been impressing in the meeting room. Of course, this is a guy who's an All-American at East Carolina of all places. You got to do a lot to get All-American recognition at East Carolina with all due respect to the Pirates program. You just don't see that very often. I I mean, Chris, Chris Johnson, 2008 is the last prominent East Carolina guy that I can think of off the top of my head. So you, you get that recognition. This guy's got that dog in him, right? That's what everybody likes to say nowadays. He's got that dog in him and we saw it. He should have had an interception in that game. He should have had, you know, uh, maybe even a touchdown off of that interception, right? Because they blew the play dead. I think he's one of those guys that's like, yes, it's one game. But at the same time, you look back at what he did at the college level. You look back at what he did throughout preseason and training camp. And then you rack it all up and you build it all up. Read those tea leaves. Follow those breadcrumbs. Does the coaching staff really like this guy? I think his opportunity clearly indicates the answer to that question is yes. And we'll see how everything plays out at rookie minicamp. We'll see training camp as well. Mandatory minicamp coming up in the month of June. Broncos country, you can expect coverage every step of the way here. Lockdown Broncos, where we have you covered with your team every single day. Real quick, want you to check out the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, hosted by Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, as they go through what it's like to assemble an NFL roster. What are some things that are taken heavily into consideration, like salary cap management, How do teams approach free agency? How do you build with the NFL draft? And now that the draft is officially over, how do teams formulate with fitting in their draft picks into their team identity right away? You get that on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast hosted by the Drafties. You can get that free and available everywhere. You get your podcast or you can watch on YouTube. Make that your second listen of the day.
How will the Broncos cornerback room shake out in 2023, specifically on the outside? What are some of the storylines that could creep up coming into training camp, coming into preseason, ahead of the regular season? You'll get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. We just want to say thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in and making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day. Now, an interesting statistic for those of you who are watching on YouTube. 63% of you who watch are not subscribed to the channel. So make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on an episode as soon as it's made available. We appreciate you so much as we approach 10,000 subscribers here on the show. Thank you so much, Broncos country. Sarah, the cornerback position we've talked about, we talked about the players there. How does it shake out? I mean, the only guarantee that we really know right now is that K1 Williams will start in the nickel, which will be a focus of another episode down the line. But we really know that Patrick Sertan is going to be the guy on the outside. So, I mean, aside from that, there's a multitude of storylines that kind of intertwine with the different personalities that this team has at the cornerback position. And maybe what they can also do as well, we talked about the competition potentially between Damari and Riley Moss. How might we see this playing out? Because we know that these guys are capable of starting. So, in your opinion, how do you think it shakes out this season? Well, I think you start off training camp with Damari Mathis, of course, in that other spot. I think he's earned that, right? I think he's earned the right to go out there and compete with the top defense and say, we want to get our first look, maybe the majority of our looks with you out there. And then Riley Moss, he'll have to come into training camp and preseason. He's going to have to do a lot to blow this coaching staff away to say, he's maybe the more consistent option, or maybe he gives us a a bigger upside, even though he's going to go through some rookie mistakes, he's going to have to do quite a bit to get into the starting lineup. I think as he grows as a player, as we see preseason games unfold, as we see him go through training camp and one-on-ones and all these different things, you rack up and stack up days. That's where I think Riley Moss is going to be an interesting factor. It's not going to be right away at training camp, in my opinion, unless there's an injury, which we hope doesn't happen, of course. But it's not going to be right away during training camp. I think it's going to be over the course of stacking up those days leading up to the regular season. It's going to be who's more consistent. And I wouldn't be surprised, Cody, if the Broncos coaching staff does rotate these guys into the starting lineup at this position just to see you know, how does he work with the with the rest of the other 10 guys out there on the field? How does it go with him communicating with him? You know, get all those different factors that play into it. I wouldn't be surprised if they do give him a shot, but I think it's going to be Damari Mathis's job to lose. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's a great way to embrace it, especially with Christian Parker coming back as a defensive backs coach. There's familiarity there. There's trust there. And for Riley Moss, he's going to have to come in a rookie minicamp here in two weeks. He's going to have to continue to earn trust of the coaching staff, right? Because it's not necessarily about, okay, hey, you got drafted. It's like, all right, we drafted you. Now show us what you can do. And and there's different traits to what Raleigh Moss, I think, brings to the table. You know, four or five speed there. You know, a guy I think is very instinctual in terms of understanding coverage, understanding how to disguise, which is something that the Broncos want to do a lot of. They want to disguise a lot of their looks, which is good, especially considering, you know, you're playing the Justin Herberts, the Patrick Mahomes of the world here inside the AFC West. And you're going to be playing Josh Allen. You're playing a lot of talented quarterbacks this upcoming season. And if you're a rookie, that's a very, very tough spot to be in. But you have to be able to prove you can cut your teeth and showcase you can be relied upon. And I also think as well, let's let's bring K1 Williams into the mix here because you mentioned this in our show notes. I think it's a great point because when we initially Moments after Riley Moss was drafted, we got on the conference call with him. He said, hey, whatever the defense, whatever the coaching staff needs me to do, I'll do it. 
And we asked him specifically, we asked him what maybe, you know, what's he going to be here in the NFL? Is he going to be a corner? Or is he going to be a safety? And his answer was defensive back, right? And then Sean Payton comes out after, you know, the, the first day of their NFL draft and says they, they, the vision for him is at cornerback. So cornerback could mean, you know, obviously the outside, but it could also mean inside the nickel. And as we know, there's also a saying Bassey at the nickel position. There's going to be widespread competition here for Denver. My question to you is, because you're an Iowa Hawkeyes guy, you've watched it. Do you think that if, if needed, he could step up and play in the nickel, Riley Moss, if need be at any point, or even the dime package as maybe the other guy in the slot? I think he can, and I think he's got to, right? I think there's a there's a difference between saying, hey, the vision for this guy is to play outside corner, and that's where we want to see him. Like that's That's where we see him playing his best. There's a difference between that and then being like, no, he's a nickel only or he's a safety only at this level. I think you can you can have guys that can play both. Remember, Chris Harris Jr. He started off as a nickel and yeah. kind of developed into a really good. Uh, he, he can play outside or inside. We kind of found out later in Bryce Callahan's career that he was pretty good at playing outside corner as well, despite his size not being up to par for what you normally expect there. I'd be interested to see. If anything does happen to K1 Williams, like remember last year, he he was playing with the club on his hand and he's fighting through injuries and making interceptions off Trevor Lawrence while hurt. I think if anything does happen to him where he's forced to miss any time or miss any games, that's where it's going to be really interesting to see how they align these players because we had the same conversation about Damari Mathis just wanting to get that athleticism out there on the field in his rookie year. Like how can we how can we find a way to see this guy who has like what a 43 inch vertical out on the field and, and, and this speed, this borderline four, four sub four, four speed. You want to get these guys on the field. I get it. You want to see them out there. You want to have your best players and your most talented players on the field at all times. So if it does come down to it, K1 goes down with anything, or if the Broncos get a look in preseason training camp, I wouldn't be surprised to see Riley Moss slide in there. It's it's something that I think he could do because he's got that attacking mentality. He can, I mean, he could play up near the line of scrimmage. He could probably blitz. I think there's a lot of things that he could do with his aggressive style of play that would fit well with a nickel uh, context. Broncos country, we want to know what you think as well. We think that the group of cornerbacks that Denver has has talent, young talent, which is good, which means you could continue to build and grow it as you continue to get reps and more experience. We want to know your thoughts on the outlook of the Broncos cornerback position on the outside going into the season. Make sure you drop that in the YouTube comments down below, or if you're listening on your favorite audio podcasting platform, you can always tweet us on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL at Sarah Bettinger at lockdown Broncos. We're grateful for you. Thank you so much for making lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day, every single day and all for all you every dayers out there. Our next episode of the show on Monday's episode, lockdown Broncos the NFL schedule release is coming next week. We'll have complete reaction to that, but we're also going to dive deeper into J.L. Skinner, Thumper, out of Boise State, one of the Broncos' six-round draft picks. We're going to talk about maybe his projected fit, the impact he can have, and also a look at the safety room with him being thrown into the mix. What does it look like? What might George Payton, Sean Payton, do ahead of the season at that position? You'll get that on Monday's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We have-